Hey, everybody. This is Donnie Turner, your host of the Free for Life podcast show. I am super excited for the guest that I have on the show today. He's an accomplished entrepreneur. He uh, started an online education business with over 40,000 subscribers, earned the South Australian Entrepreneur of the Year Award from that endeavor. He's an accomplished keynote speaker, speaking to large corporations like Facebook, Microsoft. I actually met him, first time I experienced him was at, at the Domino's Pizza Worldwide Rally. I saw him speak in front of a few thousand people, incredible keynote speech. He's also an accomplished magician and currently has been diving headfirst into the speech coaching business, doing one-on-one coaching with for clients, online courses, and also does an excellent speech workshop in Long Beach. I actually myself was able to enjoy that experience and just the way I spoke, the way I orated and personal conversation grown at least 10 times. I highly recommend it. The next one is actually this year, November 10th through the 12th. And if you're interested in that, guys, interested in upgrading yourself and how you speak to people and how you can present whenever the occasion calls for it, go ahead and hit the link. I'm going to put it in the show notes after the show and go ahead and check it out. Vin Yang, welcome to the show today, brother. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for such a crazy, awesome intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to let them know who it is. You make so, me seem um, better than I am. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no. So, um, so Vin, you know, uh, well, listing off a couple of those credentials, I bet you there for the listeners of the show, there's probably a couple that stuck out to them. I think one of them being magician. How does somebody from South Australia become a magician, become a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and a speech coach? How, could you give us a little rundown of your story, maybe? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I think. You know, one of the most interesting things I think about my career, Donnie, is that you know how everyone has something they do that they dislike at some point in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in that job you don't like, or you're in that career path you don't like, or you're studying something you don't like? I think doing something you don't like is so important because when you're doing the thing that you don't like, it forces you to then dream about what you do like. So the way that I view it was when I was in university doing something that I didn't like, I was studying accounting, that then put me in a space where all day I'd be daydreaming about, well, what would I do? Because a lot of the times, if you don't have a frustration, if you don't have a pain, then it doesn't cause you to think about, well, what should you be doing? How do I solve this problem? So all the jobs that I hated, I'm so grateful for them because it led me to then thinking about what I actually wanted to do. So then that's what pushed me into magic. I said, well, if I could do anything with my life, what would I do? And to me, it was magic. Wow. That's really cool. I like what you said there. Um, there, there has to be, I guess, a point where you're kind of maybe just mad at the situation or mad at yourself. And then that just causes you to change. I know maybe, you know, if let's just say fitness, I think that's an easy example. You know, if you look down and you have a belly and you're like, oh, well, I'm kind of fine with that. Then you're never going to strive yeah. for fitness. But if you yeah. look in the mirror and you're like, I do not like what I see, yeah. you're going to go out there, right? Yeah. And, and I think it just talks to the point of why it's so important to, 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 to reframe. And sometimes when we're going through a hard time, it's not exactly the bad, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times people go, oh, I hate what I do. But then it's like, well, if you hate what you do, that's a good thing. It means it's time to change the way you think and maybe change what you do. Yeah. So that, yeah, that led me into magic. And, and again, at the time when I was thinking about doing magic, Donnie, it seemed super audacious. It seemed super crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, to leave a career in accounting to pursue being a magician is kind of ridiculous, right? That's a pretty good 180. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I, I say, my keynotes, you know, did not fulfill the Asian prophecy, right? 
So, so to really steer away from that was, was pretty scary, man. I mean, my parents, my parents at the beginning freaked out, but then became supportive. But it was just a really scary decision to make, to leave something secure for something a bit more, you know, more, more crazy. Yeah. Um, how did they accept that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that story I shared in the workshop, but mm-hmm. like I'll tell again for the audience to hear, but I, I did work experience in an accounting firm. And one of the accounting firm owners came out and said, I remember him telling me, you know, he, he told me he had this beautiful watch and he had this beautiful car and beautiful house. And he said he would trade it all to, to have my youth because he made the decision when he was 35 to build a firm. And he just goes, I regret that decision every day because my biggest love is piano. And I wish I played piano instead of building this firm now. And he got to a point in his life where he's got really bad arthritis and he couldn't play the piano anymore. And he just said, I wish I had your youth because I'd make my decision differently. And I asked him to come home and talk to my parents. And he came home, spoke to my parents and helped my parents see something in me my parents were afraid to see. My parents knew I was a pretty good magician. They were just afraid to see it. Yeah. Um, well, it's so out of the norm, you know, um, anybody that I think pursues art, uh, they get those doubts. They're like, how am I going to make a living? How am I going to get started? I know a couple of friends and, you know, they're on the YouTube scene. They want to be artists, musicians. They want to sing. Yeah. And they, yeah, there's all the doubters. There's all the conventional thinkers. They're like, I don't know if you should do that. Maybe you should go into business. <laughs> and, and a lot of the times their doubt is, well, their doubt has nothing to do with you. Their doubt is a reflection of how they, how they feel if they were to do what you were doing. So when they're saying, when they're voicing their doubt to you, they're saying something, for example, if they say, oh, Donnie, you shouldn't do that. It, they're not really saying, Donnie, you shouldn't do that. They're saying, I shouldn't do that. Because if I was in your position, I wouldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? A lot of the fear yeah. that they voice is fears that they feel. And a lot of the times it's not valid for you. So a lot of my friends, when I was, wanting to become a magician said the same thing. They're like, man, you shouldn't do that. And I just learned that what they were saying wasn't really directed at me. It was kind of their internal fear, their internal fears. Wow. Yeah. You know, and you I know, think a lot of the times we take that too personally. We take that as, oh, you, you think I shouldn't? And it's, it's not really what you should or shouldn't do. What you shouldn't or shouldn't do is based on you. I, I love that. That's deep. Yeah. You know, um, it reminds me of what you spoke about at your workshop breaking the mold mm. and uh, it's become a, a mantra of mine. <laughs> I say it to myself multiple times when I find myself in a, in a situation where I feel I'm being too comfortable. Yeah. I need to shine myself out there more. Uh, for our listeners, would you mind sharing break the mold? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was, look, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what do you think? I mean, as the listeners listening, what, what do you think a young kid wants more than anything, you know, like a young boy. And, and to me, when I was young, I really wanted a girlfriend, right? And I remember one of the best ways to get the lady's attention when you're young is to be funny, you know, to be the class clown. And when I was 13, I tried to be funny in class once. And I remember, you know, one of the girls turning to me and saying, you know, stop trying to be like Lenny, you know, and Lenny was one of my friends who was very funny and got all the ladies. But <laughs> she put me back in my mold, which meant that she had preconceived ideas, this girl of who I was, as well as the whole class. 
And the moment I tried to do something that was different to the norm for me, because I was kind of that nerdy Asian kid, but the moment I did something out of the norm, the entire class put me back in my mold. So then I never tried to do anything ever again. I was like, oh, yep, yeah, okay. I won't try to be like Lenny. I'll, I'll just be Vin. And, and Vin was someone who was just a quiet, nerdy Asian kid. But I had an interesting childhood. I actually moved schools about five times. And every single time I moved schools, I was able to try a different version of Vin. And the reason I was able to try a different version of Vin is when I moved to a new school, all the kids at the new school had no preconceived ideas of who Vin was. They had no mold for Vin. There was no mold. So then when I moved schools the first time, I was able to be a bully, for example. And because they had no preconceived idea of who I was, everyone just kind of took me to be a bully. They go, oh, he must be a bully. That's who he's showing himself as. But then again, when I moved schools again, I was like, oh, I want to try somebody different. And again, there was no mold. So then I became an entrepreneurial kid, which was selling things to people, things off eBay and whatnot. And people accepted me for who I was. So what I realized was, Every time I went into a new environment, I had the opportunity to break my mold. The mold that everybody else at the old school had for me, which caused me to create a mold for myself. So what it allowed me to do is in a new environment, I was able to break the mold and do things that I wouldn't normally do. And I think most people walk around in life with a mold that either they've created for themselves or their environment has created for them. They've gotten comfortable and they don't do things outside of that mold anymore. They no longer explore different parts of who they are. They've just kind of gotten comfortable. So during the workshop, I, I use this example a lot. Like Donnie says, I, I really tell people to, you know, at this workshop or at this point in life, it's time to rediscover who you are now, not who you were and break out of that mold, you know? Yeah. Try something new and just get out of your own expectations. I, I love it. And, that, know, and, that's um, where, and that's where growth lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Getting uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just, just to quickly mention, you know, uh, Vin also runs an FB, uh, a Facebook group, an online workshop. And, you know, every single time, I've only done it twice so far, you know, just how long I've been in the group. But every single time I do it, uh, I get a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, pressing that live button, <laughs> just, uh, you know, with that notion, like, okay, I got an audience. I'm, I'm getting out of the comfort zone. Uh, <laughs> it, it's such a crazy experience, but I love that it gives me the opportunity to do that so often. Yeah, but basically it's a Facebook group where every two weeks there's a new challenge. And if you don't do the challenge, you get kicked out of the group. And yeah. the, the challenge is based around you pressing live on your phone and going live to the Facebook group and then doing whatever challenges it is that we set. And it, it's a really good exercise, Donnie. It, it, it helps you you know, you sweat a little bit while you're doing it, you know, yeah. you, you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But that, that, that discomfort, the reason I do it every two weeks is to psychologically get the group to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, um, just to get it out there and get comfortable with uncomfortable. I love that. Mm. Um, there's a guy, uh, you know, I, for, I forget his name. But if I say it familiar, maybe, maybe uh, you would know. But mm. he, he talks about breaking down fear and taking away the power of fear and just looking at it objectively. Is it and Tim Ferriss? Uh, yes, yes, Tim yeah. Ferriss. And he says, uh, just grab the wheel of your life yeah. and don't let fear drive. Yeah. So it reminds me of that. Yeah, a whole yeah. Lot. Yeah, I agree too. I, I love Tim Ferriss. Yeah, he's great. You know, um, so talking about this, talking about the workshops, 
and all of that. I mean, one of your one of the big things I know that you're about your your objective in life right now. I mean, I'm sure you have multiple, but I think one of the the big ones that sticks out to me, just being a follower of you, is uh, teaching people how to train how to speak. You you call it yeah. their instrument, yeah, and learning how to play their instrument. How how did you get on that quest of teaching people how to yeah. use it? Well, I think Donnie, for me learning how to communicate really well and effectively has changed the course of my life. And I think a lot of the times when you find teachers, they tend to be teaching something that had a deep and personal impact for them. Hmm. So for me, first of all, communication has completely changed my life, changed my level of success emotionally, financially, fulfillment wise in every sense. So after a while, when you start to do okay for yourself, you start to think about, well, if I were to give back, what would I give back? And to me, I started seeing so many of not only my friends, but as I speak at conferences, I noticed that there were so many people who were a 10 out of 10 technically. They were amazing with their technical ability. They had so much value to add, but the world didn't view them as a 10 out of 10. You know, and I think you'll remember this well is because if you're a 10 out of 10 technically, but your ability to communicate is a two out of 10 or a three out of 10, people don't perceive you to be a 10 out of 10. They perceive you to be a three or a four out of 10. Because at the end of the day, you're only as good as you can communicate. So when I started seeing more and more and more of this, Donnie, I, I just really wanted to help people live more fulfilling lives by being able to really show the world what they're capable of. And to me, I remember this one particular engineer that I met. His name is Justin. And I remember he just, he was so brilliant technically, but he was unable to get that across and it was so hugely frustrating for him. So I really wanted to help, you know, and, and after yeah. I remember just kind of helping him kind of one-on-one, -on -one, seeing the progress and the impact it had on his life, not only did he do better at work, not only did he get promoted because people could see his value now, but he started finding love, you know, he was able to find love in his life because he was able now to, he was able to communicate his value as a partner, as a life partner. So to me, communication is the tide that lifts all boats. Communication is the skill that helps you in all areas of your life. And when I saw that connection with one individual and with my friends and family helping them, I, I now wanted to teach this to everyone I, I, I could possibly teach, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, you're teaching people how to speak. You're teaching people how to find love. What do you not do? <laughs> well, no, no, I don't, I don't tell them how to find love. I, I, I know, how I know. I don't play their <laughs> instrument better. Yeah. And, and the moment you... And you know, the moment you become more expressive, the moment you learn how to be more vulnerable, you, the moment you learn how to storytell more, it just, it just helps life overall, Donnie. Mm -hmm. Become, you yourself become more engaging. You can sell yourself to people. Yeah. I think it was, think it was Shakespeare, right? He said, life is a stage. You're yeah. always a performance. Yes. You know, and, and I think the sooner we realize that, the sooner we get to engage more with life and, and like, like Shakespeare says, you know, you, you become more engaging. And that mm -hmm. just means, you know, as opposed to living life in autopilot, it's so easy to live life on autopilot and not play your instrument and just disengage. And I think if you live life like that, you're just drifting through life. And I don't know, it just, it seems hugely unfulfilling. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, one, one, of you, one of your other... Uh, credentials. I think this is a good way to to segue into that. And something I, I just found interesting is just your your life as an entrepreneur. And um, 
I think how you applied communication to that. You, you shared one of, one of my favorite stories that you told during the workshop was um, when you were younger and you basically discovered drop shipping before that ever was a thing. Yeah. Would you mind sharing that with us? It's such a great story. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't, I don't know if you'd call it drop shipping, but <laughs> again, when I was in my high school years, I, I realized I could buy MP3 players on eBay and then sell them to my friends for double the price. Yeah. Right. So I, I remember then realizing that, oh, I can sell more than just MP3 players. At the time there were, you know, there, there were, there were these electronic watches that I could sell that, that had cameras on them and, you know, had calculated, <laughs> this was in the early 2000s. And then I realized I could sell, not only that, I could buy those watches. I could buy little LCD screens in the shape of hearts that you could load 20 pictures on them at, at most. I could sell those to my friends. So what I realized was I realized that the heart of entrepreneurship was buying something for this price and then selling it for that price plus a little bit more. Mm. And I was doing the most primitive version of dropshipping where I would literally buy it and then take it to my friends and sell it to them, you know, like drop it off at their homes or give it to them at school. And seriously, I, I, I remember making two, $3,000 a weekend this wow. way. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was my first taste of entrepreneurship, you know, buy something low and sell high. You know, that, that's the, the root of entrepreneurship, I think. Yeah, that's, that's really great. I mean, just having the mind for that and, and going for it immediately. I mean, that's pretty cool. Well, well all of that, Johnny, stemmed from mum and dad not having much money, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the reason I felt so compelled to do that wasn't something that was innate to me. It wasn't like, oh, I want to do this. This is what I'm passionate about. It was kind of out of desperation. It was kind of, oh, crap, mum and dad need help. You know, I was, I was fairly emotionally connected to my parents. So seeing them struggle through financial hardships really pushed me to try to make money to help out. Wow. You know, you know, okay. I never heard that side of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think a lot of the times I didn't, I don't have an enormous amount of time. I'm trying to teach as well as share stories, but yeah. the reason I did it was hearing my mom on a phone call, borrowing money to put me through school and just hearing her plead the person for money. And, you know, the person was obviously, erring on the edge of no and mom, just hearing my mom being so desperate for money to put me through school really made me feel sad. And, you know, my, because my mom and dad never even got married. They never had a wedding because they saved money to put us kids through school and give us kids everything we needed. Wow. So, you know, just seeing mom and dad have a simple gold band and not even have wedding photos. And, you know, they just, they really, sacrifice so much of their own desires for us as kids. And as a young kid, I saw that and, and it really touched me, man. It really made me go, wow, these, these, these people I call parents are amazing. And I've got to do something to try to try to help them out. Yeah. And, you know, and, but they didn't see it that way. They were like, why don't you just study in school and get A's? You know, why do you have to sell stuff and get expelled all the time? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, that's, I mean, but, that, that, that's great. You know, yeah, just having family there willing to do that for you and, you, you know, feeling the need that you need to do that for them. That's powerful. Yeah, I love my family, Donnie. They, they yeah. mean everything to me. Yeah, of course. It's, that's, that's, uh, that's powerful. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, going, going, so coming from that, <laughs> entrepreneurship, 
speaking, you know, learning how to use your instrument. Just to, to the people listening, maybe really quickly. Oh, how could it, how could learning how to use your instrument progress them and open doors for them in maybe ways that they didn't necessarily think possible? I think a lot of people assume they're like, yeah, if I could get the job done, I'm going to do well. I don't yeah. really necessarily need to know how to public speak. I know a lot of people disdain it even. They're like, oh, I'm not doing that. Wow. What would you say to a person like that? Well, first of all, don't, don't disregard it until you've tried it. Hmm. Like anything, you know, I mean, don't, don't, like I, I used to be like that too. I used to be like, oh, I'm never going to eat that. That looks gross. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm never going to try that experience. It looks awful. And then I will try things and I love it. Like, for example, camping. I, I, for my whole life, I said, camping sucks. No, I don't want to do camping. That looks boring. And I tried it for the first time a week ago and fell madly in love with it. You know, so, so what I'll say is the reason we learn how to communicate is not to make ourselves look amazing or like make ourselves the center of attention. The, the reason mm. to learn great communication skills is for connection, is to connect with another human being. And when you connect with someone, as opposed to just doing the job, if you connect with someone, that's going to further your career. That's going to further your life because now there's a relationship that's established. And we all know that people help people they like. People do business with people they like. People promote people they like. So yeah. if you're just doing your job and you have no connection and you have no relationship with people, then people won't favor you. They won't. And, and, and let's be honest, people always have biases towards people they like. So if you've got person A and person B and they're both just as good, but if you like person A more, guess who I'm going to give a pay rise to? Person A, not person B. Yeah. So, so to me, people are very biased when it comes to promotional opportunities, uh, when it comes to working together business-wise, do I choose client A or client B or, or vendor A or vendor B? So when you build your communication skills, you enhance your ability to connect with people. And then when you enhance your ability to connect with people, you enhance your relationship building ability. And when you enhance your relationship building ability, you basically give yourself a higher chance at winning at life. And, and, and everything we do is a relationship. You know, me and you, you coming to my workshop was a relationship. Uh, you know, you with your partner is a relationship. You with your children, it's a relationship. So life is centered around relationships. So when you enhance your skill of improving relationships, everything improves. So I think a lot of the times when, when people are really, they, they look at public speaking or they look at presentation skills and they go, oh, it's kind of revolting or they, they find it a bit too egocentric. They're mm -hmm. looking at it the wrong way. Improving communication skills isn't an ego thing. It's a connection thing. It's a very, it's rooted in a very important human skill. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, um, I recently had the opportunity to uh, speak in front of a few people and give a presentation. Um, my, my largest crowd yet, I would say maybe 100, 120 people. Wow, that's and, awesome. Yeah, thank you. You know, um, it, it was interesting, you know, get, going into that situation, before I would have butterflies. Mm. I was like, I'm going to die, you know, <laughs> before. And I don't know, going into it this time, feeling more prepared, having the tools, it was like, I didn't have my ducks in a row. I had my butterflies in a row. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, was, I was more excited for like the message I wanted to give over 
being self-conscious of who I was. Mm. And I, f- I felt so much power in that. And I don't know, re- relate to me if you feel like that too. You know, after the presentation, I just, I was so fired up and pumped up. I was awesome. like, let's do this again. Yeah. I was like, let's do it again and again. You know, how do you feel when you're in front of thousands of people at a keynote? I always well, wondered. Let's talk to your experience a little bit more first. I, I think okay. it, it means you made a shift. What you may not consciously realize, but unconsciously was doing was you, you didn't, you didn't, you no longer worried about you and you focused on the audience, right? Because yeah. when we're self-conscious, we get nervous. When you're just thinking about me, 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 that's when you get nervous. But when you think about the hundred people that's in the audience, when you think about giving to the audience and sharing your wisdom with them and trying to inspire them, then that's when you become less nervous because you're not making it about you. Mm. I think a lot of the times when people get nervous, the reason they get nervous is they make it all about them. But the reason you were nervous, I really believe, is you stopped making it about you. And you started thinking about the audience and how you could inspire them. And isn't that a beautiful thing? When you start thinking about the audience, it gets rid of the nerves for you. But on top of that, you were able to deliver a talk that was inspiring. And then the audience gave you a feeling that was beautiful. They, they made you feel super inspired and you felt pumped up and ready to do this again. So I, th- I think it really just speaks volumes to people who think presentation is an egocentric thing or they think, oh, I'd never want to do that. It's because they think it's a self-centered thing. It's not. Speaking and presenting well is about other people. It's about giving. So I, th- I think to, now to circle back to the question, how do I feel? I feel the way you feel, Donnie is I feel speaking is an opportunity for me to give to others and share with others. It's a really generous act. And when you do it well, oh man, it pumps you up. Yeah. Because imagine that, imagine you, you gave to a hundred people and then a hundred people kind of give back to you with the energy in the room. It's euphoric. Yeah, it, it is. It's such a, a crazy feeling. And, um, you know, saying ego- egocentric, if anything, it was humbling. Yeah. I had people come up to me after and they were like, Hey, thank you for the speech. And I was just like, wow, you know, thank, thank you for saying thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, so yeah, that's funny that you say that. It's, yeah, it's almost the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I think it is. And, and again, it's just a lot of people tend to make judgments about something that they've never tried. Or sometimes they've only tried a few times. Yeah. And yeah, had a negative experience, maybe got turned off. Or, or maybe it was the fear, right? Who knows? Yeah, yeah it's, but, it's, it's fear. And, and we only fear things we don't understand. So people tend to fear speaking because they've never learned how to speak properly. And, you know, like after doing the workshop, you were equipped, you, you learned how. And once you know how to do something, then only then does it become a bit more fun. Because if you hmm. ask me today to go do archery, I have no idea how to do it. I won't enjoy it. Yeah. But if I did a three-day course on it, I will enjoy it a lot more afterwards because I know how to do it now. Yeah, I mean, I love that we keep talking about the workshop, but I think one one of the key things that I got out of it was, I mean, what you said there. I mean, the first day that you do archery, you're going to suck and you're going to hate it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, having the opportunity to uh, put myself in front of people that I don't even know and probably, you know, I mean, hopefully see them again. I mean, that was a great experience, but I'm... So Vin at his workshop, he does this thing. He calls it no nails. We have no nails here. <laughs> and I won't, I won't necessarily expand on that. Just, you know, uh, I'll let go to the workshop. You'll find out. But the, the premise is, you know, you're not going to get judged. 
put yourself out there, break the mold. This is your opportunity instead of being in front of your a hundred of your peers, because there, there, there might be, I, I don't know. What, what would you say on that? Well, I mean, to give the audience a little bit of context, no, no nails means there's, there's nothing really to fear. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I won't give it all away, but I use a little bit of magic in the workshop, but I put the students through a terrifying experience uh, only to reveal to them that there was nothing really to be afraid of in the first place. That, that fear really is a bit of an illusion that we create in our own minds. And how a lot of the times we allow an illusion that we create in our own minds to dictate how we live life. So for example, I, I stopped myself from speaking at the start of my life because I said, oh, no one wants to listen to me and, and, and oh, I'm scared to do it anyway and, and everyone's going to think I'm stupid. And, and I allowed all these fears to stop me from speaking. And I allowed it to stop me from speaking for a very long time. Another example is I wanted to become a magician, but I was scared that being a magician, I wouldn't be successful and I wouldn't be able to make money and put food on the table. And I allowed that fear to stop me from not being a magician for a good five, six years of my life. Mm. So I allowed something that wasn't real because I, I became a magician. I became successful. I made money with being a magician, but that fear wasn't real. It actually stopped me from doing something. So I, I tend to ask people, what fears do you have in your own head that are just illusions that are not real, that are stopping you from living the life you want to live? So again, just really reiterating to people that a lot of our fears, they're irrational and they're not real. They're not real, especially the fear of public speaking. It's not real. It's an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think um, worst case scenario, right? I mean, what, what is the worst case scenario? I don't, I, I don't think it's that bad. You know, um, I know you're a fan of Gary Vee and so am I. Yeah. He, he says something that um, I really like. And it's that your fear, your self-consciousness, you know, how am I going to look? That's, that's keeping you from being successful at social media. You know, he's a big proponent of social media. He said, you're, you're too scared to post that selfie because you think people won't like it. Yeah. And, and, and so on and so forth. And that's what's holding you back. And I love that. I mean, there, there needs to, we need to reach a point where we just don't care. Post it. Post the selfie. Yeah. You know, or, yeah, do that talk. There, there's, a, there's a Mark Twain quote that says, uh, you'd worry less about what people think of you when you realize how seldom they do. Oh, yeah. So, like, people aren't thinking about you as often as you think. I think, that, like, let that sink in for a little bit. Because I, I used to think the same thing. I, I do a lot of videos on social media and I used to get scared of, oh, should I post this video? It seems a bit crap. And then <laughs> you just learn that you're not as important as you think to other people. As, 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 as much as that kind of hurts a little bit, just, just realize that you're not that important. And I had, I had one of my good friends, Laura Gassenhauser, who's a, who's a wonderful author of a, book, a really good book called Limitless. And she says, I remember her telling me, with the, like, she just told me, Vin, you're not that important. Get over yourself. You know, and I think that's a healing message to hear sometimes because sometimes we, we become so self-conscious because we think, oh, everyone thinks about me all the time. And the reality is no. People are living their own lives and have their own concerns. They're worried about themselves and how they come across. They're not thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, um, that, you know, that, it just keeps reminding me of uh, your maxims. Another one, dare to be dull. Yeah. Right? Just put absolutely. yourself out there. People aren't going to remember those nine jokes that, that dropped. They're going to remember the one that was funny, that landed. Yeah, absolutely. And 
So I guess just going for it at every opportunity, no matter what. I mean, maybe not going out there foolishly, but well, just going look, for it. Danger is very real. You know, if, if you're going to go out there and jump off a cliff, then you're probably going to die. <laughs> you know, so, so don't, don't be silly about it. But, but a lot of the times, like again, when we're relating it back to doing a speech at your school or doing a speech at university, doing a speech at a board meeting or at a conference, that's definitely not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. There's no danger there. It's just fear. And that fear is not real. And I, I think really reassess. I mean, I think maybe write down your top five fears and really reassess. Are they even real? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, that's, that's what Tim Ferriss says. He says, goal setting, I put fear setting. Yeah. And I look at what's, what's, the, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen from this so-called fear. Yes. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. So, yep. Such, yeah, he's, he's, I think that's a great TED Talk of his. So I think for those people who are interested, yeah, search Tim Ferriss and fear and TED Talk. Tim Ferriss, TED, fear. Fantastic talk. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll check that out. I haven't, I haven't seen it myself. I just know I've heard tidbits of it. Oh, right. It's it really, really, it really resonated with me. Yeah. It's really good talk. So I'll check that out myself. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Vin, thank, thank you so much for sharing us, sharing with us a bit of your story, a bit of your time and a, and a bit of your wisdom, you know, before we log off, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners or anything? No, look, I, I think just, just encouraging them to, to explore your voice a little bit more. It's a beautiful instrument. A lot of the times when I talk to my students, I, I say, you know, do you like the sound of your voice when you hear it back? And they always say no. And I say, if the answer is no, we should do something about it. You know, it's like if I, if I asked you, do, do you like the way you dress? And if you say no, then you probably would have done something about it already. Right? So we tend to focus on our visual image a lot. We tend to go, oh, I, you know, I want to dress nice. I want to change the way I look. But a lot of the times we focus so much on visual image, we forget to focus on our vocal image. So the last thing I really say to the audience is our vocal image is just as important as our visual image. Because just like how people make assumptions about how you look, you know, if you dress a certain way, people will make assumptions about you as a person. If you dress a certain way, they'll think, oh, you, you, know, you seem like a professional. You seem trustworthy. You seem friendly. Or if you dress a certain way, people might say, oh, you, you seem untrustworthy. You don't seem friendly. You know, you don't seem professional. All of these things are being communicated while, while people look at you. And it also happens when people listen to you. They're making assumptions about how friendly you are, how trustworthy you are, how, trust, uh, how professional you are, and, and if you're someone who's successful or not. That comes through in your voice. Hmm. So then I just highly encourage people to start working on their vocal image as well as their visual image and start kind of grooming yourself. You know, this is grooming yourself vocally and come across the way you want to come across. Don't just leave that to chance. So I just encourage people to go on their journey to style yourself vocally as you style yourself visually. Be the person you want to be. Don't leave it to chance. Yeah, I love it. Be intentional. Yeah. Be intentional with how you communicate. I love it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, just uh, going through it, humdrum, monotony, and just speaking how you've always spoken. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 100%. Thank you. And, 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 and lastly, just because I'm a speaker and I can speak forever, but um, <laughs> it's just really remember that you don't have to sound the way you sound now. You can evolve that. A lot of the times people have this kind of, oh, I don't want to change my voice because your voice is attached to your identity. Mm-hmm. So when you get people to change their voice, they feel very icky about it. But just understand that you're an evolving human being. 
How you sound now in your 20s, or maybe you're in your 30s, 40 or 50, doesn't mean it should be how you sound forever. If you heard how I sounded 10 years ago, I sound dramatically different because you're an evolving human being. You can change the way you dress. You can change your sense of fashion, just like you can change the way you sound with your voice. You don't have to sound the same forever. It's exciting to change the way you sound. And, and, and it's not a bad thing because people go, oh, I don't want to seem fake and phony, but I'm mm -hmm. like, it's not fake and phony. This is still your voice. How can it be fake and phony? It's your voice. So again, don't, 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 don't say no to something just because it feels a bit weird. That weirdness is just you exploring your entire voice as opposed to just a part of your voice. Yeah. Getting out of the comfort zone. I know you uh, speak of using the analogy of your voice being an instrument. Like a using, piano. Yeah. Using all the keys. Yeah. Use, use a single key well, your whole well, life. Well, most people only use three or four keys or maybe 10 keys, but on a piano, mm -hmm. there's 88 keys. It's mm -hmm. time to explore the entire piano. And, and when, you when you're playing with a, one set of 12 keys, when you're playing with a new set of 12 keys, it feels fake and phony, mm. right? If, but it's not fake and phony, it's just unfamiliar. So yeah. again, I just, again, I, I really hope to share these little tidbits because I just, everyone's got such a beautiful voice and such an amazing voice. And it's just about learning how to play it well. So when you play it well, you get the things you want and you get the attention from the people you want and you build great relationships and it's the foundation of building a great life. Yeah. And um, I think that would be one of the worst tragedies being a piano that hasn't used all of its keys, being an unrealized genius, being an unrealized artist going through yeah. life like that. You owe it to yourself. Uh, well, you know, to add to what you just said, Donnie, as we end this is that I think the purpose of life is to build great relationships, to foster great friendships. And what a tragedy it would be if you only played a certain amount of keys on the piano, five keys. And because you only played five keys and you never learned how to play beautifully, you never attracted wonderful friends, mm. you know, wonderful, brilliant friendships. Because I think the most fulfilling thing we can get out of life is a really awesome connection with another human being. And just think of it, you know, birds do this all the time. Birds play these beautiful tunes to attract friends and mates. Human beings are the same thing. How you use your, because if you use your, again, if I, if, imagine if I use my voice like this, who, like who would I attract? Would I, what friends would I attract? But maybe there was a great friend that if I used my voice a bit more beautifully, that person would have been interested in being a friend of mine and we could have been the best friends. So again, don't, don't let wonderful friendships and relationships pass you by just because you're being lazy with your voice. It'd be such a shame. I mean, I love it. It's, it's like what you said with your first friend that you helped coach. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he furthered his career. He, he found his life partner. Yeah. Um, deeper than career and entrepreneurial opportunities, the experiences you can gain. Yeah. From putting yourself out there and using, yeah. Because, because someone is always listening. Someone's always listening when you're talking. And, you know, I, I just, again, we've got on average 88, 83 years to live. Let's play our instrument beautifully every opportunity we get. Yeah. All right. I love it. <laughs> and on that note, Vin Yang, thank you again for being on the Free for Life podcast show. Um, to my listeners, I would like to say 
you know, if you guys are interested in anything that we spoke here today, if you're interested in the stage communication workshop, go ahead and I'm going to put a link in the bio. Just go ahead and click that and it would, it'll, it'll transform your ability to communicate. And like we've said on this episode, which can ultimately transform your life. I, I say that without hesitation. So guys, thank you again. And don't forget, 